for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 300 and f 352, I think, of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Wynn. Buddy, we got a episode of Obi-Wan to talk about this week. Man, I love Star Wars season. Like, it sucks because we got all that celebration shit for like two weeks, and then episodes yep. of Obi-Wan, and then... In two more weeks, Obi-Wan's going to be over, and who knows what we'll be talking about. <laughs> There's who no knows? telling. There's no telling. <clears throat> so, before we uh, jump into all that, how about you guys uh, follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram, at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really enjoy the show, there's something you can do. And that's join the Blue Harvest Patreon, where you'll sign up and get access to a bunch of bonus podcasts. Uh, in fact, this week, three shows up on the Patreon. We have my immediate reaction to Chapter 4 of Obi-Wan. We have a brand new episodes of Hall's Calls with me and Steele talking about Chapter 4 of Obi-Wan. And we have... A new episode of Rogue Two, that's two with a T-O-O, with our buddy Johnny Grossel, all up this week on the Patreon. When it's Star Wars season, it's easy to pump out that Patreon content, my dude. There's a lot to go on. Yep, yep, there sure is. So, um, in case anybody was wondering, like, oh, I wonder how many... Uh, episodes are up on the Patreon, the, the Blue Harvest Patreon, 179. There's 179 uh, episodes right now, Patreon uh, exclusive for the most part. You know, there's some that we, uh, you know, share with the regular feed to get the word out and stuff. But uh, if you're interested, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to all our patrons. You guys are the best. Yeah. We love having you around. 
Yeah, that's out. right. Listen, help to us me. keep the lights on here at Blue Harvest. Yeah, at old Blue Harvest Studios, which the is just neon, my, which is just my sad office. <laughs> um, so, buddy, it's how have you been? How have you been, man? I mean, it's it's weird because, uh, well, it's not weird, but Will and I have been <clears throat> digitally hanging out a lot more lately, getting some late night Halo oh, yeah. in. Because my new job, it's been really nice. My uh, new job, I get off at eight at night, and I start later in the day than I'm used to. So I have a little free time at the end of the night. Go figure that. And I'm working two jobs. <laughs> so look at that. Yeah, I'm uh, interested to see how long I can keep up the working seven days a week thing. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but. It right. hasn't been the worst yet, but I'm only a couple of weeks into it. Um, so, you got to see our buddy Goose, my brother-in-law. I did. I got to see Goose. My wife got tickets for the Garth Brooks show in Birmingham, and we came to see the show at that huge stadium, 50,000 people. And uh, it was an incredible show. It was a great show, and I got to see old Goose Payne there. I um and uh, he looked good, man. He looked great. He got he a, a big, big old beard. Yeah, big old red beard. I haven't gotten to see uh-huh. them since uh, Mother's Day it was the last time I took a trip to Mississippi to see my family. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it on Father's Day because I'll be working all day that Sunday. But um, yeah, man, it, it, it was funny. Like I like my mom was texting me and she's like, how's the new job? And I was like, ah, you know, lots of training stuff right now. So, you know, I'm kind of just sitting in video calls all day. Um, but I'll right. give you a call. Cause I was actually working at the time. I was like, I'll give you a call and, uh, I tell you all about it when I get off work. And so I call my mom and she tells me that Amanda and goose are coming to Birmingham for that concert. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. I mean, it would have been nice to see them if they got here right. ahead of time or something. And then I get off the phone with my mom and hop on the headset with you. And you're like, yeah, we're going to Birmingham for a concert. I was, oh, are you kidding me? All you guys are coming to Birmingham and I work all day that day. Shit. Yeah. So it was a shame. <clears throat> so. You were much talked about. I took the lady to eat at melt. And that oh, was a hit, so that was good. I love that place. It's good. It's really good. They have that sandwich. I think it's called the Three Amigos. That's uh-huh. ham, uh, chorizo, and something else. It's like a grilled cheese yeah. with all on that. And I yeah. maybe it's maybe the cheese is the third amigo. I can't remember. And it's on this really good bread. And because you know I'm a fat guy. I always have them add bacon to that sandwich, and every time the server makes the same joke, they go, ooh, the four amigos. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But I love that place, man. That's one of my favorite restaurants here in town. If you ever find yourself in in, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, Melt comes highly recommended from your old pals, Halls, and Will. It's in a cool little area, too, called Avondale. There's some cool bars and other cool restaurants over there. Yep. Parkside um, used to be my favorite. I was really hoping. I had all the Star Wars shit behind the bar. I was, uh, 
I was really hoping that you were going to have a chance to interact with old Garth and find out where his serial killer hid all those damn bodies. Where the bodies are buried. Yeah, where's the body? The families need closure, Garth. That dude has big serial killer uh, energy to me. (coughs) You should have seen him on stage. He was a live wire. Yeah, I'm sure Patrick Bateman ass. Um, So, what did you think about uh, chapter four of Obi-Wan, buddy? Oh, man. Intense. Uh, Really impressed with Obi-Wan. Really impressed with Leia and Reva. Uh, All of that is coalescing really nicely, really intensely. Um, Yeah, just overall. That's my overall. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it was solid, you know, like as I think about it and I don't even really like doing this because like, it seems like star Wars rankings are like the neck beards, fucking dick measuring contest. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like I know what my favorites are and what my least favorites are. Even my least favorites. I like them. It's fucking star Wars, you know, but, um, I kind of think, and, and when I say this, it's just because. I, I and, and I hate having to qualify this because I feel like, you know, people can be such dicks about Star Wars sometimes. But like, this one might have been my least favorite by like the smallest margin. You know, like, just if I had to have a favorite and one that was a little lower than my favorite, right? Right. But regardless of that, I thought it was a very good episode. Like, I really enjoy this series. Uh, what really stood out to me or has stood out to me is like, I remember saying to you, right, after we saw Solo for the first time, you know, the big surprise sequence at the end with Darth Maul, you know, having his robot legs and all that shit was like the feeling I came away from it was like, eh, it didn't really land with me. Like, yeah in the story so much it wasn't my favorite part of that movie but what i liked was that we were finally seeing the live action stuff acknowledge the animated world because for the longest time you had you know live action star wars and animated star wars and they would interface and stuff but it was it seemed very rare that live action referenced stuff from the animation at all and now that door's been flung wide open, obviously. You know, we're, we're getting Ahsoka in live action and the Rebels crew um, is showing up in live action. But to me, now what we're seeing is them reference video games uh, quite a bit because there is a lot of stuff in this episode that was sort of established in Jedi Fallen Order, you know? and it's i just think that's cool like because it is like you know the whole idea is that this is all one giant story you know it's all canon now right right quote unquote so to see them actually doing that and and even like because back in the day right you know there were the movies and then there were the books which if you really wanted to you could consider canon and the continuation of the star Wars story and they were fun and there were some really good ones and some, you know, mediocre ones and some really bad ones. But no matter how much people want to argue about it, it was never really considered 
real canon, especially in old Uncle George's eyes, right? Right. Well, even further down the totem pole of what was considered uh, canon were Star Wars video games, man. (laughs) So it's nice to see that uh, coming up now. And like, you know, one of the final sequences of Jedi Fallen Order is you, you're Cal and you're in Fortress Inquisitorious and it's all underwater and you face off against Vader and the way he is, way Cal escapes is one of the windows breaks. Like, you see what I'm saying as far as like, you can really see some uh, references or like inspiration even <laughs> in this episode. Um, it's true. <laughs> I, uh, we talked about this last night. Yeah, it had to be last night. The episode came out yesterday. Um, the way it kicks off with like the intercut footage of Obi-Wan in the back to tank and Vader in the back to tank. I thought that was really cool. Seemingly being able to sense each other, like causing each other's restlessness. Yeah. Or something, right? Like, it, yeah. Um, just really cool. Um, really good. And uh, uh, very ballsy of Obi-Wan to go in no matter what. He's like, well, okay, I'm going like y'all don't have to go. I'm going. Well, that's that's our dude. Obi-Wan, right? That's why we love. This I know. Dude that's so what much. I like. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm saying. a couple. There were a couple pure Obi-Wan moments. We'll get to another one in a minute, but we'll keep going. Like I, the way, you know, you can chart the course of Obi-Wan from the first episode to him slowly you know, re-embracing his past as, you know, the Obi-Wan we lo- know and love, I think has been really cool. Like, if you started right. this series off and he was just wise, Obi-Wan has all the answers. <laughs> it sounds awfully familiar, right? It would be kind of boring, right? So, like, to yeah. have this struggle, this internal struggle, and even to the point where he's not necessarily connecting with the Force in the way he used to, I think is really cool. And um, the way that's slowly ramping up, I think when we see fully connected to the Force Obi-Wan, uh, it's going to be pretty pretty special at that point. Uh-huh. Um, I agree. It was interesting. <clears throat> this was the point that I was saving, but since we've talked about it, we'll go ahead. It was interesting to see Obi-Wan work a set of stormtroopers, right? Like. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to see a competent. You could tell he was rusty. Like it wasn't Jedi General like working that lightsaber, but he you could you saw his confidence. He shook the rust off. He got it done. He was a little sweaty, mm-hmm. but and but there was some flourish in there too. There's oh, some yeah. of that style still. Yep, yep. And uh he was just and it was like any stormtrooper dumb enough to shoot at him was going to catch his bolt back at him, right? But like, body. it's just great to see that, you know, because you don't get to see a whole lot of it. You know, Luke is kind of learning the way of the Jedi through all those stormtroopers, but it's good to see a Jedi, <laughs> you know, just give it back mm-hmm. on, a, on, on a level where, you know, they almost pose no challenge. Um. I am super interested in this crew on Jabim. Like, I want to know more about this place. We didn't get a ton of it because, you know, you could, like, when he was bringing, being brought in and they were doing the effect where, like, the background was all blurry and he was sort of in and out of consciousness. But, like, are all those people uh, 
force sensitive or former Jedi on the run? Interesting. Or are they just part of the like, you know, sort of early rebellion crew that's helping? Uh, My assumption was that, that they were proto resistance. Yeah. Path, you know, associated yeah. with the path. I kind of think so too. But regardless. Basically the Jedi Underground Railroad. Mm hmm. <clears throat> regardless, I think <clears throat> I want to know more about uh, that crew. Cause uh, I think it could, I, I I think there's some cool stuff that you could do like with these early members of the rebellion or earlier members of the rebellion, right? Right. Um, it's the character Talia. Tala. Tala. Mm -hmm. I, there was a minute there where I did not think Tala was coming out of that alive. Me I thought, neither. Oh, she's caught and dead. Yeah. Like she's going to be the sacrifice for this mission, but she interestingly enough parlayed that into getting along with two troopers and waxing them you know yep. getting the upper hand on them she played her cover like right up to the very edge and like i mean it was impressive yeah it's impressive I to see really like that character i think she's really cool um yeah, i also exactly. we didn't get a ton of him and this is part of the reason i i hope we get to see more of the crew on jabim maybe next episode is uh roken I really like that character, even though we just got a little bit of him. Um, and I, did you catch, I'm pretty sure he refers to Obi-Wan as general. Did he? Will? Will? Uh-oh. Okay. Sorry, guys. Will had a little technical difficulty, and while he was doing that, I uh, took the time to rewatch the scene in this episode. I love that Roken calls uh, Obi Wan General. General, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, Clone Wars reference. Oh, because um, he was—he was General of the Grand Army of the Republic. I. Man, I, like I was saying, I like that character. I hope we get more of him. Um, and when they were doing their like briefing on Fortress Inquisitorious or whatever, um, the way or when he dropped that they had some T forty sevens or whatever, I was like, "Those are snow speeders." He's talking about snow speeders. Um, so that got me pretty excited. I love a fucking snow speeder, man. One of the best Star Dude, Wars vehicles. They were well piloted this episode as well. Yeah. Um, what and in the sad loss of the pilot? Oh, what is that That's guy's really name? Heavy. What is Wade, that? I believe. Wade. Holy bro, I can't believe I forgot that. Cause so I watched the episode right, then I record my reaction, post it up on Patreon. Go back into the living room. I get a, a text from Steele that's like, let me know when you want to do a Hall's Calls. And I'm like, well, I could do one right now if you wanted. And he was like, yeah, give me five minutes. Right? And then we get on the, the call and he's like, I'm not doing too good. And I was like, oh, what's wrong, buddy? And he goes, overnight we lost Wade. And I didn't know he was talking about that pilot. And so like, I hear this and the way he said it was like, you should know who I'm talking about. So I'm like, who the fuck is Wade? Yeah. And like, bro, he had me so paranoid for a half second. There oh my goodness. Before he's like, it was the pilot. Um, 
Anyways, uh, what did the Riva and Leia interrogation scenes pretty rough? Not like in a bad yeah. way, but like you know, it's rough. Yeah. About the Wade thing, it was interesting to watch Leia absorb that mm-hmm. as a future leader of the rebellion. You know, a lot of a lot of what she's seeing and experiencing is what the Empire does has, is doing to people, the reality of what the Empire doing is doing to people, mm-hmm. and the people that are fighting back and helping people throughout the galaxy. Like She's getting firsthand experience at that, at that age. And I think that's really crucial and really telling of the, 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 the rebel, you know, rebel princess she is when we meet her in A New Hope. Yeah, like you, you can, it's written in a way where you can see sort of the beginning of her journey with the rebellion, right? Because like in the last episode, she even has that line. She was like, I thought the empire were supposed to help people. You know what I mean? Right. So like, um, I did think and, that was pretty interesting. And in their conversation, in her conversation with Reva, like you said, she says, I have rights, you know, like she again, goes, diplomacy. I'm a princess of Alderaan. Alderaan, yep. Um, yeah, the the Reva and Leia stuff. It was probably um, some of the better Reva moments in the show. I thought. Yeah, like I thought so too. Like she, she, I, I feel like she really nailed those scenes. And then let me ask you this: when Obi Wan was swimming uh, up to, like, you know, to get into the secret entrance, entrance in the secret entrance of uh, the fortress did that give you any flashbacks any vibes did you catch any vibes of course he's using the breather that he was in the prequels yeah bro i think immediately i was like oh phantom menace vibes loving that um speaking of phantom menace let me tell you who i want to see part of the crew on jabim jar jar binks okay all right bro what a good story that would be for Jar Jar. Cool. Like after he, you know, sort of fumbles and, and gives power to Palpatine and attack of the clones. Now he's helping, you know, Jedi go into hiding and, and involved in the early um, days of the, the rebellion. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would be delighted. I would be delighted for so many reasons. Like a where, you know, Maybe it is like hindsight, but I feel like, you know, you and McGregor as Obi-Wan was always one of the more accepted part of the prequels when the cool thing was to hate on the prequels, you know? Right. Like you, And it was like, yeah, when it was the hate, but, uh, but you and McGregor was good. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, obviously in, in more recent memory and, you know, as many people have said, some of it probably has to do with like the young kids that grew up with the prequels, you know, growing up and adding their voice to the star Wars community and stuff. You know, we've been seeing more prequel love and Hayden is, it was like so embraced at celebration both times and stuff. I want that for Ahmed best. You know what I mean? Like how exactly. cool would that be? Um, but regardless, uh, I also thought when Obi-Wan, uh, took out that first stormtrooper, I was like, Oh shit. He's going to put on the stormtrooper armor and it's going to be like a new hope. Um, 
but he yeah. did not. He didn't even bother. Um, when she gave him clothes and said, put this on, I thought it was an officer's uniform. I thought he was about to walk out of there, but uh, no, I was like a cloak or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then it kind of became Metal Gear Solid, but with Obi-Wan. Like, I don't know why him sneaking around the hallways of that fortress um, reminded me of Metal Gear Solid so much. I mean, yeah. Um, and then... That's uh, because it was a super secret sneak mission. Yeah. It was a stealth but mission. Obi-Wan's good at that. He, he made sure it is. all the way in A New Hope, you know, mm-hmm. to the, where he needed to be. Bro, he, he was just walking around the Death Star like he owned that motherfucker. Like, he was yep. like, hey guys, you guys hang out here in your snazzy stormtrooper outfits. You know, I had the opportunity to wear those one time and I didn't. But, you know, you guys do you. I'm going to go turn off the tractor beams, wander around a little bit. Um, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back in the hangar. Yeah. Um. Oh, I had a brain fart. Oh, and um, when he finally started using his saber and was like mm-hmm. doing all the deflections and shit and right. like, it, like, cause there were enemies on either side of the hallway and he would like deflect one from one end to the other end and take somebody out. Oof, right. That was the good stuff. It was good. It was so good. It was so wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's that's why I've enjoyed them slowly building up to this, like because yeah. it, it was like a nice payoff, and we haven't even seen it like full on yet, right? I still think right. that's to come. Um, and I cannot <laughs> like, so like I was like, okay, you know, this dark side user intimidating and interrogating this little kid—that's pretty rough. But then she took her and strapped her to the torture table from Empire strapped Strikes Back. The torture table. I was like, there, she's about to torture this child. Like, mm-hmm. this is dark as shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you see Obi-Wan discover what's in the tomb. You know. Oh, buddy, I'm still, I don't know what I think about that. And I don't mean from like a critical standpoint. Like, I thought it was a good scene and all that. I thought it was cool. I don't know what to think of like what is that all about? You know what I mean? Like, why are they keeping trophies of kills? Like that's sick. Yeah. And like, there's even a Padawan in there. Like, yeah, I can't handle that. You know what it made me think of is, do you remember, you know, a few weeks ago in the lead up to the show, we were talking about how Kathleen Kennedy was talking about the whole rewrite process that it went through. Cause remember there was that whole thing where people were like, Oh shit, they're going to cancel Obi-Wan. And in reality, they were just reworking the scripts. And she said that the original scripts were a little too dark and didn't yeah. have that star Wars sense of hope. Yo, what the fuck was in those scripts? Right? Cause so far we've seen some pretty dark shit. <laughs> you know yeah, what? that's true. That's really true. Like, so what the hell was going on there? I, it's, I gotta know. I wish, like, I would, fuck that stupid Colin Trevorrow script that leaked a couple years ago. I want to see the original Obi-Wan scripts. Somebody hook me up with those because I'm, it's, man, they gotta be dark as shit because this is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Vader's rampage on Mapuzo and then, 
this the fucking catacomb the fucking mausoleum yeah of, of dead jedi and force sensitive folk dead jedi and amber or something yeah Jeez. yeah so uh i want to give a shout out to our boy kobe mr 100 because uh steel and i were talking about this scene and i recognized the very first jedi they show and i knew he was in clone wars but i couldn't recall his name uh it was tara sinube he's the old guy that's got like the lightsaber cane so that is apparently who that was um okay and like yeah dude i don't know like so is it like i've been trying to think of what the different possibilities could be right is it just trophies because that seems like a kind of a dark sider thing to do right um is it for some weird experiment is it it might be the beginnings of the mandalorian grogu dark trooper experiments which eventually lead to the cloning of palpatine right so like maybe it is maybe this is the first step in in palpatine trying to clone like a force sensitive body for himself or something uh, the other thing it reminded me of is early on in rebels there is an episode where they use the like they have the corpse of luminara i believe it is in like this coffin sarcophagus looking thing and they use it as like bait to draw in kanan and the crew um and they think she's alive uh but when they get there it turns out she's not i wonder if it serves that purpose i don't know man i don't know i want to know it seems like one of those things they show us kind of like when they showed us that thing in the one episode of Mandalorian where they where we were all like was that early snokes remember in that episode yeah. like yeah um <clears throat> but what followed with Obi-Wan turning the lights off in the torture room and then the only lighting you get is that red lighting and then the flashes of blue as he turns his lightsabers lightsaber on to take out those stormtroopers. Yeah. Oof, that was the good shit. Yeah. That shit was the really lighting. Good. Like you said, was really good. And before that happened, I guess the red lighting from the bottom, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the same as the torture chamber from mm-hmm. empire strikes back. I was like, Oh shit, this is about to go really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It instantly triggered memories. And then, you know, while that's all going on, Tala is like, she killed an Imperial officer who caught her. And then she's so quiet that the two people in front of her at their stations did not notice. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, see, her storyline is like, to me, shows the potential of what you can do with a Star Wars spy story, right? Yeah. And yeah, that I was makes, gonna say she's like an Assassin's Creed assassin, right? Well, what it makes me even more excited for is Andor, because that's the story we're gonna get in. In Andor is a spy story, right? Right. <laughs> um. And uh, then, like, she gets called in by Riva, and Riva expects her, suspects her of being a spy, and then the way she plays it off, and she was like, "Yeah, of course, I was a spy." I've been working undercover trying to figure out this whole path thing for a couple of years and stuff. Like, she's quick on her feet, man. That is a, a hell of a cover story. 
Right. Um, uh, and then like, you know, their whole escape I thought was really cool. I thought seeing the purge troopers was cool. Yet another reference to fallen order. They look a little different. I'm assuming it's, you know, an earlier iteration or something to the guys we see the, the version we see in <clears throat> fallen order, but cool to see them regardless. I'm glad they used that security gate because like the giant red metal detector, because uh-huh. the first episode where she walks right, where Rever walks right past it, I was like, what is that? Is that some sort of security system or is it like a torture device where you like hold somebody in place? Kind of like, um, Obi-Wan was suspended on oh, yeah. attacking the clones. Um, but it, I guess it's just like a, a security scanner. Yeah. Uh, I did notice something in that scene when Tala goes up and she's trying to get into the fortress and the guy's questioning her. She's like, do you want me to report to the grand inquisitor? And like, wouldn't the head of security at fortress inquisitorious know that the grand inquisitor was dead if he's dead. Right. And then unless the sister, the brothers and sisters haven't even let it out. Yeah, I guess that could be you know, that could be true as well. Um, there was an interview with Joby Harold, I believe that's the writer's name of Obi Wan, where he said, "Like, yeah. look, as you know, with Star Wars, like canon is very important, and we would never um, go against that." That's all he said in regards to like, "Yo, what's up with killing the Grand Inquisitor?" So there's more to that story, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> What did you think of Obi-Wan hiding Leia in the the overcoat like when they're leaving? I was like I don't there's no way you're going to get away with that. Yeah. And then the further they got down I was like it's looking like they're going to get away with that in all of the hullabaloo but then you know Reva calls her out. Dude, and when she shows up and she's got like all those troopers and shit with her, I thought that was cool. That like, was cool. Um, and it is then, cool. It is cool. Then when the the obviously the T forty seven swoop in to save the day, yep. got a big reaction out of me because they're one of my favorite ships. I will say once again, I like this show so much that I'm I'm picking small little things that I I come across that I'm not a big fan of. When they first showed up, uh, the special effect wasn't the greatest. It looked fine as it went on, but right at first, something was a little off for mm. the quality that we have been seeing in this. Um, I was, I was going to say, what got Wade killed was the cover fire that he was laying down so mm-hmm. that the the team could get away. You know, if he hadn't provided that cover fire, they might have been able to get away. You know, mm-hmm. so he gave his life to get them out of there. Some real hero shit is what that Wade guy did. That's- Big, that's, that's right. Big that's ups, what I was going to say. Big ups, Wade. I'll never forget your name, buddy. Until next yeah. week when somebody mentions it, I'm like, who? Who are you talking about? Well, um, what 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 Star Wars history will remember as the first death of the Rebellion? Probably not. I bet you, bet you there's earlier stuff. Because I think oh, we know Saw, is, Saw Guerrera is active before this. Right. right. Um, but man, 
did not in the scene where the the snow speeder came in for the the rough landing like and popped its uh landing gear out to pick up them all up i thought was pretty sick and pretty good you know what really chaps my ass is if this was the 90s and hasbro was doing star wars product like they were back then we would have roken's ship that you could park a snow speeder in like in the docking bay i thought that shit was so cool i don't know why i don't know why that part any larger so. ship with a, a docking mm-hmm. for fighters is awesome. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Because it, it reminds me of a toy that I would think I w- was really cool, right? Like That's definitely part right. of it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, And then fucking Big Mad Daddy Vader shows up. Pretty mm. intimidating. <laughs> like yeah, right. his mean walk, his mad walk, pretty scary. Yes. And you know, I I think I mentioned it yesterday, but it's terrifying to really think about how close Leia came to mm-hmm. being discovered. I guess, yeah. Like if if in the clutches, if Reva had tried to mind probe her more, who knows what she would have? While been. she was being tortured, yeah. yeah who knows yeah. what she would have? Who knows what she would have been able to figure out? Right? Like, I liked that Leia was fighting her. Yeah. Mentally. Yep. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was, that was very really cool. Good. She was like, is this a staring contest? <laughs> and like another part that cracked me up is how quick the fifth brother brother tries to snitch on Reva. Like, cause you know, he's choking her and she says like, I've got a tracking on there. Like, and he's, and he's like, well, uh, maybe I underestimated you. And the fifth brother is real immediately like, um, but she almost got the base destroyed. I was like, oh, look at this snitch. Yeah, look at snitch ass Big bitch. scary snitch. Um, But yeah, man, I uh, really dig in the show. I can't, it's hard to believe we've only got two episodes left. Like it was so awesome getting to the first night. But right. it's, now it's already almost over. Yeah, and it's almost over. Like, I have a feeling things aren't going to go well on Jabim, right? Because they'll, I, I assume that's where they're going back to. And that's going to lead the well, Inquisitors I mean, yeah. and Vader and the Empire all there. Like, the, the tracking droid's going to lead everything there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, doesn't look like a good time for the path, unfortunately. Can't nope. Got to be honest. When Vader shows up on scene, it's mm-hmm. gonna be brutal. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you have to imagine he's bringing Inquisitors, he's bringing Stormtroopers, maybe Purge Troopers. Hell, maybe they'll throw a Scout Trooper in there. Throw me a bone for my favorite Trooper design, the old Scout boy. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, really wish I could stay up late and watch them because now what happens is on Wednesdays when I get up to go do my old job, which I'm still doing part-time, that means I have to basically not look at my phone for several hours to start the day off because I don't want anything spoiled. And like I know, like I know none of my like friends would, but that doesn't mean other people wouldn't, it still wouldn't show up on my timeline. So, right. 
keep it secret keep it safe <clears throat> so buddy we have quite a few correspondences from oh, really? our buddies our moisture farmer friends so do you want to jump into that and hear from some of them uh yes okay let's do it guys want to write into the show or send in a voicemail blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com so first up speaking of old mr 100 himself we've got our buddy kobe hey Haws and will and potential guest it's your boy kobe aka mr 100 how's it hanging Hopefully clean, of course. I know you're keeping that shit clean. You know I keep it clean. Um, I have a Kenobi question this week, obviously. Um, and it could it could be answered uh, by the time I'm listening to this. I don't think it will. I don't know if we will get an answer for this at all. But I have a, I have a little bit of question for you. It pertains to uh, last week's episode, episode three, and then the future of the show. So obviously, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen any of the previous episodes of Kenobi. Um, but in episode three, they mention Quinlan Voss. I thought that was really cool. Quinlan Voss is one of my favorite Jedi. I love the design. I love the character. He's just he's just great. Um, and they and they throw us a bone a little bit with that, you know, Obi Wan saying, "Oh, Quinlan was here," and I just thought that was a really cool moment. And but it got me thinking. I'm like, is that just going to be a little name drop cameo, throw us a bone, and then never really go back to it, or do you think that we will see something of him? I don't necessarily think we're going to see him in the show. I just don't think there's enough time to work that in. Um, but do you think that there's a possibility of another, you know, maybe another name drop or they kind of go in depth on anything with him or they, you know, just mention him at all again. Do you guys think, what do you guys think? Do you think that's a possibility? Yes or no? Maybe I'm just excited cause I love the character so much, but yeah. Um, what do you guys think? And then Hawes, buddy, I gotta tell you, I might have to knock a star off the five star review that I gave you on Spotify what? for what you did to me last week making me tear up and shit man no i'm just i'm just playing but pause buddy i know i know you've said that you've been feeling a little down lately <laughs> and, and i get that you know i i, I feel you but we love you we tell you all the time we love you guys Haws and will both of you we love you so much <laughs> we love the show we love the community the community's got your back buddy we'll always be there for you um Keep your head up, pal. Keep being the same damn ass awesome guy that you are. Um, we love you. I love you. Have a good night. 
Peace out. And I just want to end oh. um, on something I forgot to say earlier. I just wanted to give you a little quote. Pause. This isn't really much of a quote, but when I first started listening to Blue Harvest, I, I came for the Star Wars, but I stayed for the Oz and Will. I just wanted to let you know that. You guys are awesome. Peace out for real this time. Have a good one. You guys are the best. <coughs> Thanks, buddy. I'm doing, Thanks, man. I'm doing my absolute best to keep my head up. It's a, a process. It is. I'm doing my best. <laughs> doing my best. Uh, but I do appreciate it. As far as Quinlan Voss, I. It's tough to say. Always in motion always in motion the future is right like i don't think you just drop he could that. show up on jabeem he could but there's a problem with that right the problem with that is as far as i know sal has yet to be cast as quinlan voss and right. if if i turn on obi-wan next week and sal shows up as quinlan voss i'm immediately booking a trip to California to have words with that man because he knows mm -hmm. he can trust me and I wouldn't tell anybody, you know, he knows this. I I'm know, man, those NDA, those, uh, they're strong binding agreements. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, Quinlan Voss is one of those niche characters that has like a strong enough popularity that I do think it's, probably a matter of time before they do something with him and the door is open now it's established that he's at least alive during the time of obi-wan right i think it would be kind of rad if he showed up in jedi survivor right that'd be cool that would be cool i think um have have cal run into him i think would be pretty sick especially like wouldn't it be kind of cool if um because you know like in in the original jedi fallen order saul guerrero was in it like it tied in with some stuff and who knows like how privy they were to obi-wan stuff maybe not you know far enough in advance to work it in but it would be kind of cool if this whole um path thing was part of Jedi Survivor in some way, where maybe Cal and that would be cool. the crew of the Mantis are are helping as well. Yeah, I could see that being pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think I really do think we're going to get Quinlan. And you know what I've uh, I, and I believe Eric mentioned it last week. Like, what if he's who saved Grogu from the Jedi Temple? That's a possibility true. now. You know, and how Very cool true. would that be? to introduce him in that way because then like look you know once again like Quinlan Voss is sort of a niche Star Wars character I would say you know like because he was never in well he's in the background of that one scene in in Phantom Menace and then he was featured real heavily in the Dark Horse comics and he showed up in Clone Wars finally and then you know there was the book with him and Asajj Ventress so like there is but how you 
introduce that character to the general audience and make them immediate love, immediately love him is have him be who saved Grogu. That's how you do that. People would yeah. immediately be like, I like that guy. He saved Baby Yoda. Love that guy. Yeah. That Baby Yoda saving motherfucker. I like that guy. <clears throat> He's hard too. Like from what I understand, Quinlan Voss is a a, a badass motherfucker. <clears throat> I mean, you've met Sal. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is an email from Sam. Hey, Halls and Will, I'm desperate for more Palpatine content, especially his younger years and his rise to become a Sith Lord, as was told in Darth Plagueis. Would you like to see retelling of young Palpatine in Clone Wars-style animation or live action? Since Senator Palpatine dovetails with the Senate and the Jedi Council, would you be okay with recasting legacy characters that he may interact with during that time period? Should stories told within eras like the original trilogy and prequel trilogy where you could see legacy characters be told in animation to avoid the controversies that could arise from recasting, deep fakes, and respeecher technologies? Or should those stories skirt around those leg legacy of characters? For example, younger looking but still recognizable Qui-Gon or Dooku. Thanks, Sam the Sham. I... That's another thing where I think it's only a matter of time. Somebody is going to go to Lucasfilm with a real kick-ass Palpatine backstory pitch, you know? And for that, I don't feel like... Excuse me. I don't feel like you need any anybody else that... You know, any of the legacy characters. You know, Palpatine's backstory, he doesn't have to interact with anybody. Well, you know, you know like, yeah, right? Well, he, he doesn't even come onto the Jedi Council's radar until he's, you know, Chancellor. Right, but like, you know, he's a politician, so you could see him occasionally interacting with Jedi. Uh, a, a younger Dooku, like, I think you recast. Obviously, you would have to recast Palpatine. Ian McDermott isn't going to be playing a young Palpatine. Um no. But, like, I'm okay with it. That's something that's never bothered me is if you're recasting or if you're recasting the younger version of a character and you find someone that can really put, fucking pull it off, like, do it, you know? Especially if there's a really cool story to be told. Um, the Doctor Who, the Doctor Who guy might could do it. That's a, I always see people mention him. Uh, Matt Smith, is that who you're thinking about? I believe that's who I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah, I always see people bring him up as a, a potential young Palpatine. And I guess I could see it, you know. Um, he was a very good young, um, not Charles. I guess it is Charles, Prince Charles. I saw a clip of him from Morbius that was the cringiest goddamn thing I've ever seen. But I don't, oh, know, shit. That, I don't know that you can blame him for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a, he, he's in Morbius. Like, I think you blame the fact that he's a Morbius. <laughs> yeah. You can blame Jared Leto for all that. And like, I, the other side of this is I never really like hold the format of the star Wars show against it. Meaning like, I don't hold, like, I don't think less of clone wars or rebels or resistance or bad batch. Cause they're animated to me. That's just a, a different format of a star Wars story. You know, right. So what there's a lot of people that do whatever route you would want to take with it. Uh, they would want to take with it. I'd be fine with to me though. 
like uh, uh, Palpatine's rise to power and, you know, becoming a Sith and the Dark Plagueis stuff and all that probably would work best in live action because you can, you know, like it can be a little more adult, right? Then you can sow the seeds of political drama. Yeah. And the actors, the real performance of real actors in a drama is hard to simulate Mm -hmm. animation wise. I feel like, and I was never opposed to the idea of recasting Luke if they wanted to show stories in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. That's not what they went with. Clearly, we're getting like, you know, fucking supercomputer technology to to bring uh, CGI Mark Hamill onto the scene. And, you know, I, I definitely get people sort of uncomfortable with uncomfortableness with it. And not being a huge fan of the concept or the execution. But what I like about it is the involvement of Mark Hamill himself in all of it, you know? So, like, it's a way, like, I think that's really cool. So, um, all right, we got. It'd be cool if we got, like, a Tashi Station Knight with young, (laughs) just take the kid that, you you know, from Obi-Wan as Luke Skywalker and give him a couple friends. (laughs) little half-hearted adventure Game. ends with him Game. either being really lucky or maybe it's as force sensitive, but you can't tell really Biggs and Cammy fixer, bring about. them all in. Yep. Yep. Um, here's an email from Jess. He says, I believe it's Jess, uh, in light of the drunk Filoni revelations last week, how do we leverage this to get his hand in that EOP? We need a fart or I walk. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy. (laughs) Hashtag make the EOP fart. I I think the dream is dead unless, okay, you know, the story wraps up. Obi-Wan returns to Tatooine. Leia's safe. He returns to Tatooine, you know, re-embracing the Force. He's reconnected with Qui-Gon. He's going to go hang out and watch over the boy. He lands, right? Gets off. He goes to the stables, where who has been taking care of his EOP but Ajax Citizen, our buddy Steel Saunders himself. And he's like, ah, Ben, here's your EOP. And he gets up on the EOP, and the last shot of Obi-Wan is him riding the EOP out into the Dune Sea, and it farts. And And he says, hello there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's a voicemail from Josh. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is Josh Wright, your internet pal. I hope everything's going well uh, with you guys. Hope everything's going well with the family and the job, Will. And hope uh, your new job, Haas, is going well. And you're showing everybody there uh, the right way to keep it clean, as I know you always do. Um, I really loved this week's episode of Obi-Wan. It's probably my favorite um, of the series so far, uh, lots of cool action. Uh, loved seeing the fortress inquisitorious, um, love the early rebellion stuff, uh, just super cool all the way around. Uh, but I had a question that involves last week's episode. Um, as you know, kind of one of the big Easter eggs or references, uh, was the kind of Quinlan Voss was here, uh, graffiti <laughs> in the safe house. Uh, that Obi-Wan notices and points out. Um, <clears throat> as, I think maybe you guys said as well, um, I don't think you bring up that name unless you're, unless you're planning to have him show up at some point. 
which leads to the question of where do you think he's going to show up? Are you kidding me? Um, I think there are two uh, good possibilities. Okay. Um, I think we could see him show up in Andor, certainly, um, mm. if he's helping out kind of the early rebellion. Uh, that would be a spot where he could show up. Um, but I think um, there's a even better shot. We could see him in The Bad Batch. Oh. Um, I noticed in the uh, trailer, um, a lot of other people noticed too, um, in the trailer uh, we see a little bit of uh, Gunji, the, um, in the trailer for Bad Batch Season 2. Uh, we see a little bit of Gunji, the... Um, the uh, Wookiee youngling or Padawan or whatever he ended up being um, in that episode. And I think um, the folks in the safe house said that Quinlan Voss had been helping uh, younglings. Um, so if we see a youngling showing up in the Bad Batch, maybe there's a possibility that uh, Quinlan Voss is helping him out and uh, contacts the Bad Batch to help him do that. Uh, so, um, what do you guys think? Uh, where do you think we're going to see Quinlan? Uh, what do you think about my theory? Does that make sense to you? Um, I'd like to know what you guys think. Uh, like I said, again, hope you're all doing well and may the force be with you. If I'm not mistaken, this is the second time that Josh has pulled a King Tom, right? Where he's, he's, uh, prognosticated a previous discussion topic or, or question, which, you know, King Tom does all the time with us, right? I can't remember for sure, but I think it was Josh. He's got his finger on the pulse. Uh, I will say, I think that's an interesting theory for Bad Batch, right? Like, But doesn't Bad Batch happen, like, right after Order 66? Yeah, but that's when it starts, but who knows time is weird in star wars it could be a couple you I know, know season two could be a couple of years later or something i just know in kenobi we're five years ten. post order 60 no, ten, ten. I mean. yeah yes. i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not early days of the path you know like maybe True. maybe that's uh oh dude how how fucking sick would it be right if the Bad Batch starts up and they run across Quinlan Voss and he is helping protect younglings or take them in the hiding. That's where Gunji comes in. And what if Grogu is with them? Oh, oh that'd be cool. Can you imagine the social media explosion if Grogu showed up in Bad Batch? That would be cool. He's going to show up in something else eventually. Somewhere, yeah. Right, you know, I have a feeling Omega is force sensitive or will be force sensitive. I could see that being I'd, the case. Uh, I don't know, but I just I have that feeling. I and, feel like okay. Omega has the the roots of greatness, right? She's mm -hmm. a female Boba Fett clone with what seems like some extra genius mixed in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like she could be like, a, you know, a super character at some point. Um, the thing that I find interesting about the idea of him being an Andor, right, is how many times have we gone into some Star Wars project where we're like, well, this is going to be the one that doesn't have like the Force and Jedi in it, right? Like right. you would assume that going into Rogue One and you get... Um, uh, what's Donnie? How come I can't remember? 
uh, Donnie Yen's character. It's Bays and Churret. You Chirrut. get him, and he's not necessarily a Jedi, but he's force sensitive and all this. Uh, so he's that's monk, cool. Yeah. But then you know, by the end of the movie, you have like Vader in the hallway scene doing the Vader stuff, and then Han Solo or Solo rolls around, and you're like, "Well, this will be the one where there's no force stuff." I bet. And then what happens in the very end? You get Darth Vader or Darth Darth Vader, Darth Maul turning on his lightsaber and shit, you know? Yeah. So even though going into Andor kind of seems like, well, there's probably not going to be any Jedi involvement or force stuff in Andor. I wouldn't be surprised if there is. They find a way. They find a way. Yeah. He, look, even in the Mandalorian, right? I was like, oh shit, a show about a, a bounty hunter that kind of looks like Boba Fett, but he ain't Boba Fett. I'm in. I'll watch it. And the very first Yoda, a, a, a very first episode of Damn Ass Baby Yoda shows up. Yeah. So, and then you get Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker. And Luke Skywalker. And yeah. So there's probably going to be some Force shenanigans in Andor at some point. So I think that's just as good an option for Quinlan to show up in anything else. All right, next up we have a voicemail from Jacob. What's going on, Haas and Will? Jake here. And man, fellas, I just got to say I am absolutely loving Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you were to tell teenage Jake who, you know, feverishly watched Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith that, you know... Ultimately, years from now, there's going to be a streaming service with an Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and Ewan McGregor gives the absolute performance of a lifetime. Man, I think you're living in some alternate dimension. But here we are, guys. I think in the golden era of Star Wars, we get these fully realized, fleshed-out characters with just insane things that we never thought was possible but you know lucasfilm delivers and i think what's so important about obi-wan and uh why i think people are enjoying it so much is not only is you know the acting and production work incredible but overall just like the themes of the show are just really hitting people right now and I think it's very poignant to our times. Not only do we have to deal with ideas of childhood trauma and just overall trying to find hope in a what seems like just completely dark um, and society full of despair. And uh, as a dad, especially on this last episode where, you know, little Leia holds Obi-Wan's hand in the end, man... That just got the emotions going. And so specifically for Will, since uh, you're a dad of some children, how do you feel of like, you know, a lot of Star Wars lately with Mando, Bad Batch even, explores the idea of kind of um, characters not necessarily ready to, you know, take care of children, and uh, but ultimately them, you know, mentoring a young person really like shows them the light inside of themselves and, uh, you know, leads them on the path of ultimately becoming a better person. So just let me know what you guys think of, you know, 
didn't go crazy, didn't talk about Sasquatch or anything crazy this week, so getting a little harder, you know. I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's a, it's a you know, it, it's a crazy hit and show, so get a little deep, fellas. All right. Thanks for the great show as always. Check you guys later. Thanks, Jacob. Well, what do you think, Will? Uh, as a parent, I mean... There are a lot of parallels, and there's some things that hit home in Obi-Wan. Like, you get to see his frustration and his irritation, but you also get to see the child's perspective where the child is right. You know, she was right. If they had waited, help was on the way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's this truth that there's wisdom in children. You know, if you listen sometimes, mm-hmm. they'll they'll be right, and, and, and they have wisdom to offer, you know, when you don't when you feel like you're at your wit's end, maybe Um, the purity of a child that really comes through in this show, you know, how children are trying to figure out the world around them. And it can be very difficult because the world can be very terrible around them. Um, Having watching some of the horrible stuff that's happened to Leia uh, doesn't sit, you know, it's hard to watch. Uh, it wasn't as I guess this kind of stuff wasn't as hard to watch when I didn't have kids, mm-hmm. but watching bad things happen to a kid is unsettling on a on a psychological level that like my heart will race and I'll start to sweat a little bit. Like there's a physiological response, yeah, to identifying with that child in distress, and um, it's intense and hard to take, but. Uh, like I said, there's the emotional resolution. Like when she holds his hand in the end, like they've both been through a lot and you can tell that he cares for her. You know, he came for her, you know, he cares. There's still a loving person inside his brokenness. You know, there's still a loving old man that cares about these kids, you know, his best friend's kids. And let me say, Jacob talking about being able to relate to this show. Your boy has been feeling old and beaten up lately yeah. so i can relate to that i would love yeah, right. to just go live in a cave in a desert and have a michael papas jawa sell me my own possessions back to me and hang out with my eopi which would probably be my cat walter and i wouldn't ride him because you know he's a cat <laughs> can't he, you know, I... he's not that big of a cat he's a big boy but he's not like that big I... I, I really think that this experience with Leia and Luke. No, I mean I mean Leia and Vader, sorry. Are what give us the Obi-Wan we see in a new hope. It feels like you know, that, I right? I think I think Leia may have saved Obi-Wan. It feels if that makes it does. It feels like you know with prequel storytelling, not just with Star Wars, like prequel storytelling in general sometimes it can feel a little pointless, right? Yeah. And sometimes it can feel a little disconnected from the original story that you're telling the prequel to. To me, right. this is one of the better executed prequels to something in, from a story standpoint. Like, as showing you this character, and it's weird because it's a... <laughs> It's like a sequel to a prequel, but it's also a prequel. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and it, yeah. to me, it's doing the best job of showing you this character that you're very familiar with at this point through, you know, 
three prequel movies, the original trilogy, Clone Wars, so on and so forth. Uh, it's done the, one of the better jobs of like seeming like it all adds up, like the choices make sense and you can see how the choices they make in this show influence the characters down the road. Right. And I think that's right. really cool. And I think they've done like a really good job with that. And it's part of what makes the show as strong as it is. I agree. All right. <clears throat> Let me get to our last voicemail. This is from Neil. your buddy Neil giving you a call from Chicago. Um, definitely wanted to call in about Obi-Wan today uh, and speak my mind, but also I had a question about the series for you boys at the end. Uh, so I think real quick, I just want to say if he asks where we think Quinlan Voss is going to show up, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> the number one thing of why this is one of my favorite Star Wars shows is it does a very excellent job of blending um, prequel trilogy ideas with original trilogy ideas oh my along goodness. with video yeah. game inspiration, specifically oh the Fortress Inquisitorius, which we saw a lot of in this last episode. And I think they have a very happy marriage and a good Star Wars story at their fingertips. And I'm really hoping the last two episodes really kind of wrap it all together. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was Reva as a character. Um, I think Reva is probably one of the, the darker Sith, but not for or darker dark side characters, I guess I should say, because I don't really know if you count her as a Sith. Basically not, uh, since she's an Inquisitor. But um, I think her motivation and just how she's operating is a lot different than we've gotten in the past. Um, she's definitely going off of this basis that, you know, the Jedi Order or Obi-Wan specifically or something in that vein, you know, failed her horribly. And she is literally seeking vengeance. You know, it's not some control of the galaxy it's not politics it's just a very personal story uh which we ultimately i don't think we've really seen it done that well in star wars or if ever not that i can recall so i'm very happy with her uh one of the cooler things is when she's going over the rooftops uh in the second episode her use of the force for movement is almost like animalistic like she moves like a cheetah or like a greyhound if you look at her legs and arms which i thought was very cool i, I really appreciated that detail um and lastly you know anakin um you know being brought back into the story again is awesome i think Caden christensen uh, as vader uh, specifically uh, especially at the end of the fourth episode when he is like charging into the room with Reva and force chokes her. Uh, I, I have not, again, been this intimidated of that character in a very long time. So I, I think that's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, lastly, my question, and this is kind of in uh, honor to Jim, who does the percentage questions on the show. Uh-oh. What do you think the chances realistically are that we get a second season of this? I know there's uh, a rumor mill right now a little bit uh, with that going on. Um, I don't really see how they could do that without basically like 
it kind of like teasing a, a battle between uh, Vader and Obi-Wan, and then it just gets pushed off again into the second season, which I don't think would make many people happy. Uh, but what do you guys think? Thanks again for all your good podcasts, and hope you guys are having a great week. Bye. I just think the way that it's designed, there's not really room for that a second season. So, uh, the one thing I don't think they'll do is not wrap up the story for this first season. I think the the story in this first season will come to a close, right? It'll be resolved. Uh, Obi-Wan and Vader will have, you know, their full-on rematch and that'll go however it goes. You know, whether Vader thinks Obi-Wan is dead or Obi-Wan escapes and Vader knows whatever it may be. So I don't think they would alter the show necessarily or that the show won't you know, wrap up its storyline because it was filmed, it was written and filmed as a limited series, six episodes. However, the reception it's getting and the fact that it was like the most watched Disney plus thing. And the fact that Ewan has straight has stated that he'd be down to do more. I think there's a high chance that there will be more. Um, look, this will probably come to bite me in my ass because, you know, for the years leading up to this, I was like, I don't want Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine. I don't want him to meet Vader. And we've gotten all that stuff in this show, and I love it. Yeah. If they do a second season, I really, really, really do think that it cannot be Obi-Wan and Vader facing off again. The story has to be something else. And unfortunately, that would mean, you know, Hayden wouldn't be necessarily as involved unless you want to do flashbacks or whatever. Um, but I, I, you can't keep going back to that. Well, and I I do think at a certain point it would be really silly for to have Obi-Wan and Vader have that many run-ins between episode three and four. So love Hayden, love Darth Vader. If they do a second season, the story has to be, Obi-Wan not Vader related and probably not Empire related because if he's involved, you know, if he's messing with the Empire, word gets back to Vader for sure, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what the storyline for a second season could be, but I would not be surprised if it's not something we get because of the reception that this show is getting and, and, you and being open to it, you know, him being open to playing the character again was sort of the Genesis of this whole thing as it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man, I think they're going to do it, but they gotta be careful. Like if they want to do another one, I'm there for it, but it probably shouldn't be any more than that. Cause once again, I don't know that Obi-Wan needs to be on nine years of adventures, <laughs> you know, between yeah. this first season and A New Hope. Like, it, it, it's going to turn out that, like, Obi-Wan just got back to Tatooine the day that A New Hope started or some shit. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, he took a year off and then A New Hope happened. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> they got to be careful. Cause as much as I love seeing in, in you and, and, and how good this show is, like, I just don't think it would be this epic. 
be the second season almost couldn't be this epic. Like you could do a Jabba, mm. you know, crime, Moss Espa, Moss Eisley, Anchorhead I, thing. But I did like, see. I think that would be a disappointment. Like that's the question: How do you follow it up? Because you've I don't already think you can you kind of blew your load with having it be the Darth Vader rematch. Like if they had planned this as two seasons to start off with and you know, the first season was the inquisitors and stuff. And then they teased Darth Vader at the end of the first season. And the second mm-hmm. season was all about Obi-Wan and Vader. That's a different that story. That would have been, that's the two season setup, Right. Also, Leia can't be in trouble again. No, it can't be Timmy always falling down the goddamn well. And last <laughs> like that goddamn dog, Lassie led the most adventurous, fucking life of a, of a dog in history and that kid timmy he fucked up more than any kid in history <laughs> like so yeah, like right you know i don't know i don't know what the story would be or what you could do i think they're gonna end up doing one i feel it, it in my bones seems like Annie. luke hasn't spent a whole lot of time around old ben so it can't be luke yeah know. he that crazy wizard young luke pimping around yeah so that's kind of my thoughts on it. All right, buddy. I think that does it for us this week. Thanks for recording with me. Hey, dude. Thanks for recording with me. It was uh, a good episode. You want, like. you want to go hang out on Xbox after this? Uh, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so listen. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already. It helps other people have find the podcast. Cheers us up. Blah, 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 blah. All, the thing, all these things. Um check out the band that was kind enough to provide our theme song music they're stoned cobra and you can find them on itunes spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and now you can also hear me once a week with our buddy steve talking about video games on the high potion podcast you should check it out next week we'll be talking about the penultimate episode of obi-wan already already the second to last episode until then this has been blue harvest and i'm halls burkhart and i'm will may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us